1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Recruiting Every Second. I am your host Blaine Gilmer and I am so excited to be bringing you another episode here of Recruiting Every Second on the Believe Podcast Network and it is all about SEC football recruiting and it is in full swing now with the first weekend of official visits after the dead period opening up, the NCAA had that long extended dead period due to coronavirus and the COVID-19 pandemic. And now things have opened back up, and these young men, and I do want to emphasize that real quick, these young men. So you've got guys that are, especially in the 2022 class, you're talking anywhere from 16 to 18 years old, that are going and taking these First round of official visits and there's already been some some decommitments we'll touch on that when we get to news and notes but just for generality's sake here i want to tell everybody don't overreact to if you're a fan base out there one team or another don't overreact to what some of these guys have done you know going out and maybe they're rethinking a decision because it's almost like think of it like you're going to shop for a car, right? This is a this is a big decision you're going to have to deal with it every day. It's your car that you're going to drive around each and every day and all you've ever got to do is you've got to meet with the car salesman virtually. They've shown you the car, they've shown you all the 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 bells and whistles, all the gadgets, you know, give you some some videos of what the interior looks like, and just every day you're talking about that car and you commit to go buying this car. Well, then you go to take your test drive and it's just maybe totally different or maybe the salesman is totally different when you get there in person. That's exactly what these young men are going through. So don't overreact. There's a lot that goes on. And you know you you have to expect that there's going to be some change, especially when this recruitment has been different for especially for the class of 2022. They've been affected more than any other class in history, and I would bet on these guys having much more volatility in their class than any other class out there because of that nature of not being able to do the in-person visits and this month of june is going to be crazy so and it already has been crazy so bet on you know there being a ton of volatility some decommitments who knows there may even be recommitments that, there's there's going to be a lot of change but speaking of betting guys if that is what you're so inclined to do I want to remind everybody that the show is presented by bet online today as as it has been for a while so Want to remind everybody that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, if you're wanting to put a little extra on the game, if you're wanting, if you're so inclined to make it a little bit more interesting, uh, bet against the spread, bet over, over unders, bet totals, you know, whatever you guys are, money line, straight money line bets, then head over to uh, Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered for all the news. Scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website betonline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now it's time to kick it on over for some news and notes. And ladies and gentlemen, we love here on Recruiting Every Second to cover, of course, the prospects that are most coveted around the SEC, and particularly. But also, there's major overlap when you're talking about these highly coveted recruits. Of course, programs like Ohio State, you know, even even some of the Penn States and Miami's things like that are going to be in action. Southern Cal, there's going to be all these schools that are also in contention however we're going to try to focus on here on our news and notes recruits prospects that are being recruited by multiple sec schools and the first one that jumps out is because yesterday of a decision to decommit as we were talking about there in the opening it's going to happen there's going to be decisions that are made by different people and mr Keithian Big Bear Alexander from Texas. He was a commit to Georgia for a long time out of Denton, Texas, and decided to open his recruitment back up yesterday After subsequently after taking a official visit to Texas A&M. So if you're a Georgia fan, that has to be one thing that, that kind of stands out the most is, okay, Bear Alexander committed to Georgia for a long time. Nick Williams was Nick Williams was a graduate assistant at the University of Georgia. Was the direct point of contact there for Bear Alexander. They talked every each and every day. It built a great relationship. Jimbo Fisher hires Nick Williams away from Georgia to be a defensive analyst out there on the Texas A&M staff, and subsequently gets a official visit from Bear Alexander and also brings Dayon Bowie, a Georgia recruit and commitment, with him on that visit. Dayon Bowie is from the same hometown as Nick Williams, Bainbridge, Georgia, which also happens to be the same hometown as Kirby Smart. But Nick Williams is a very good recruiter, and that was a good move by Jimbo Fisher to bring him in. So I think I'm not saying that Nick Williams was the – key factor that got Big Bear Alexander to, who is a five-star on rivals. I'm not saying he got him to decommit from Georgia. What I'm saying is that he got Bear Alexander to campus, to get on campus. And like I said, these visits are paramount. Once you get on campus, that is what's going to change people's mind. That's what's going to confirm what they believe. So he got Nick Williams on Nick Williams got Big Bear Alexander on campus out there in college station. And then Bear Alexander subsequently decommits. So that's the the kind of the first visit news there. But there's other big men out there in the SEC that had some news that came after visits. Mr. Walter Nolan is the top defensive lineman in, in the country, a five-star on Rivals and Walter is choosing – if anybody tells you they know what's going on with Walter Nolan's recruitment right now in terms of specifics, then I just – then that person must be literally uh, inside of Walter Nolan's head because there's a lot going on with this young man's recruitment. Florida, he just took an official visit to Florida. Florida. Right after the official visit, Walter Nolan sends out a tweet saying, "I'm going to shut my uh, recruitment down and make a decision." The next day, he confirms he's still going to be taking a official visit to, or a visit to Georgia on June 10th. He's also got Michigan still in play, LSU and Alabama, of course, vie for Walter Nolan as well. So the young man out of Cordova, Tennessee, who is just a huge run stopper, a guy that you can plug and play there in the middle of any defense, even at the SEC level. He's that talented as a true freshman. Walter Nolan is someone to to watch for. Obviously the Florida visit either had it had a tremendous impact one way or the other. Everybody's you know, according to Walter Nolan, he said it went great. So it either went so great that he was they were pushing him to commit, and he may have been going along those lines of thinking for a little while and, and puts out the tweet saying he's going to shut down his recruitment and make a decision here soon. But then other schools, who knows, other schools like Georgia, Michigan, things like that may have come and started hitting and say, whoa, 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 now, hold on, we need to get that visit from you, things like that, so uh, to give, give our chance to impress, show you what our facilities are, things like that. So Walter Nolan is definitely one to keep an eye on as well. And then Shamar Stewart. We've talked about Shamar Stewart, it seems like, uh, various times now. Shamar Stewart, the big edge rusher, uh, defensive end, Who's he's growing more into a true defensive end. He's probably getting close to 275, 280 pounds now at a Monsignor pace down in Opelaka, Florida. And Shamar Stewart was long considered a LSU lock by many. He takes his first official visit. It is in Baton Rouge, and reports are coming out that it did not go well. And Shamar Stewart has since, you know, gotten some predictions to the University of Miami, uh, you know, and those are a little bit surprising because obviously Miami, being there, the hometown, they're recruiting guys like Shamar Stewart and the like very hard. But everybody kind of thought Georgia, LSU, Georgia might be that team that was underneath LSU, Alabama, Texas AM, and m all after Shamar Stewart. So it's going to be important to see how his visits go from here on out. Uh, Georgia is reportedly pushing to get the last official visit for Shamar Stewart. In his entire recruitment, that would probably come this fall. He's taken mostly, other than that LSU official visit. He's taken mostly unofficials. And Shamar Stewart is a young man that has been, you know, under kind of the microscope. Long considered at one point the number one player uh, in the in the country on on various different rankings and things like that, has slipped a little bit since then. But uh, Shamar Stewart is a very talented defensive end there. Who knows what's going on with LSU, guys. In terms of recruiting, things like that, I've long expected that there would be sanctions and things like that come against LSU. Who knows if that has anything to do with this decision and, and you know Shamar Stewart maybe backing off a little bit of that, what was thought to be a really close relationship with LSU. But we'll see. I mean there there's a lot of movement that's still going to go on there's a big battle over tackle Julian Armella uh, he had a really good visit to LSU Alabama still buying hard for him as well Alabama takes the commitment speaking of Alabama they take the com- commitment of Levian Moss a running back and four-star running back and that kind of gives you an indication of what's going to happen with Branson Robinson. Branson Robinson, a running back that was being recruited hard by Alabama, Clemson, you know, Tennessee. But Georgia seemed to really knock it out of the park with Branson Robinson on his official visit this weekend. And the fact that Alabama takes a different running back right after that official visit kind of lets you know uh, where things are with Branson Robinson, the number one running back in the country, five star on rivals, and the big running back from Madison, Mississippi, likely headed to the Georgia Bulldogs. So that is your news and notes here on Recruiting Every Second. Again, the show that is brought to you by Bet Online. And now we're going to get over to our our feature interview with mr mark rogers the voice of college football who partners here with the show we we kind of go back and forth on on each other's show and and uh, provide content for each other so i uh, hope you enjoyed the feature interview and this show is brought to you by bet online
2: and we're always thankful to bet online for presenting recruiting every second and now we have our feature interview here today with the partner of the show here Mr. Mark Rogers the voice of college football Mark appreciate you joining us for this Texas A&M deep
0: dive. Absolutely Blaine, good to see you and um uh, going to talk this interesting team this interesting program that uh, many believe might be on the verge of accomplishing some big things and toppling the giant there in the SEC West. And they're certainly paying Jimbo Fisher a lot of money to do that. Oh, my
2: goodness. I mean, him and – I think uh, on the day that we're recording this, Nick Saban just got a contract extension. But I think uh, the only two coaches that may be getting paid higher than Jimbo Fisher are Saban and Ed Orgeron, you know, and and they both – won national titles here recently. Jimbo, he did at Florida State, but hadn't done much other than they did have a nice uh, season that we'll talk about here. Speaking of that season, uh, went 9-1 last year. Of course, Texas A&M did in that shortened COVID year in terms of the regular season. Uh, Kind of the the last trip around the sun, if you will, for Kellen Mond, who seemed like he'd been there for 20 years at Texas A&M. been Been there a long time, very highly productive quarterback. Now is going to be uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. But, Mark, just first kind of thoughts on how that 2020 COVID year and things like that went
0: for the Aggies. Yeah, I think it was uh, a a team that really um, put it together on defense. You know, uh, going back to those Kevin Sumlin years, they recruited well on defense, but they never put together a first rate unit. And they arguably had. They definitely had a best, uh, a top five unit for for, for my money, uh, in the nation, and uh, that really carried them. They had they were a little spotty on offense. I think they've got tons of weapons. They had arguably the best offensive line in the country that's been torn up, and is not necessarily going to bode well for twenty one. That's one of the key spots along with quarterback that uh, there are a lot of question marks concerning the offense. But I'm excited to see what this Texas A&M team's going to do. I, uh, defensively, uh, they lose Buddy Johnson on the linebacking court. He was really the heart and soul, the leader of the defense, and uh, Bobby Brown up front. But other than those two guys, they return 20 of 22 on the two deep on defense. They should have just a first-rate elite defense. Any, through.
2: Anytime you have 20 out of 22 of your main players returning on any unit, uh, that bodes well for you. So Texas a and definitely going to be stacked on defense for sure, and the questions are going to come on the offense side of the ball, and that's kind of ironic because that's Jimbo Fisher's forte, if you will. He's been known as a as an offensive genius, so to speak. Um, you know, had, has developed had some quarterbacks. You know, did did stuff with uh, Jameis Jameis Winston there at Florida State. You know, winning, winning the national title. So. Now the question is, with Kellen Mond leaving that void and having been there for so long, is he going to be able to take the next guy up, whether it's Hayes King or Calzada, and I, I believe we'll give you know, our opinions each on, on both of those, but is he going to be able to develop that next guy? That's truly the, the question because they're
0: loaded for bear at running back, have quality receivers. It's, it really comes down to that quarterback position, does it not? It's kind of fun to watch how Jimbo Fisher interacts with his quarterbacks. It's, it's, it's one of those dynamics in college football just to see him uh, anytime there's an unsuccessful throw, an unsuccessful series, just to see that quarterback come to the sideline and get the Jimbo Fisher treatment because he, he coaches those quarterbacks hard. He's he's tough on his quarterbacks. He, he develops them. He's a guru on the offensive side, especially when it comes to that position. But that means, much like a Steve Spurrier back in the day, really hard on the quarterback position, Kellen Mond, as you mentioned, accumulated a ton of statistics, um, won some big games, won a lot of games, but wasn't always the guy that was the most consistent. And now uh, a lot of people wanted to see what uh, this offense could look like without Kellen Mond. Well, if they're going to find out, that may not necessarily be a good thing. But, uh, yeah, Eli Stowers is a true freshman technically in the battle, but probably not. It's probably a little bit too much for him right now, but a guy to look out for upcoming uh, from 2022 on. But uh, yeah, Zach Calzada is the guy that got the backup reps two years ago in 2019, um, got no work last year. Okay. James King was the guy that they gave the backup work to last year. Uh, so you got the typical athletic guy versus the guy that's got the stronger arm. And Calzada can really make all the throws, but King's the guy that excites the fan base, has the high ceiling, is really athletic.
2: And we're here on Recruiting Every Second with Mark Rogers from The Voice of College Football. Guys, if you do not subscribe to The Voice of College Football and all of the channels over there, the sub-channels off of The Voice of College Football, make sure you go over there, subscribe, rate, and review all the videos. In fact, I joined uh, Mark on several uh, recruiting videos and things like that. And we're gonna you know, do this uh, kind of cross promotion deal and work together on stuff here going forward, really looking forward to it. And of course, we do like to focus here on recruiting and recruiting every second and the lifeblood of college football that it is, but it always leads into this season preview and things like that. And, and it leads into the product on the field is what recruiting does. So that's why we're giving you a little bit of background here um, in terms of, before we get into the 2021 class, Mark, and the 2022 class that, that AM is currently working on, I do want to mention that Zach Calzada is from the the Buford, Georgia area, which is about 20, 30 minutes from, from where I live. And I actually called games at a high school that was against him. I did the radio calls, uh, and Zach Calzada – struggled mightily at points, um, even though he's got tremendous talent, arm talent uh, did not, did not handle some of the, the pressure and things like that, that even a just regular high school defense was, was throwing at him. So I do see there where there's could be some flags, you know, up in there for concern there. Hayes King seems to be the more dynamic guy. I agree. with you that. I think it's his to lose right now. All the reports coming, coming out of Land over there, but, In terms of, like we said, here on Recruiting Every every Second, we want to talk about the lifeblood of college football that is recruiting. And Jembo Fisher recruited quite well last year. He finished sixth overall in the country, according to rivals, with 23 commitments, none bigger than Tumizi. I'm going to butcher this young man's name, Tumizi Adelaide, uh, a defensive end out of Katy, Texas. Mark, Jimbo Fisher really, really locked down the state of Texas last year. I mean, he, was, he brought in a ton of recruits that were dominant guys in the state of Texas. That, that alone and that kind of state that it is, that can be a huge boost for a program, whether it's a Texas NM or Texas TCU, can it not?
0: And, and why not? Uh, there's no question. Texas and Florida are the top talent-producing states. Uh, California used to be right there with them. It's fallen off a little bit. You know well Georgia is really increasing. I have to say, I take a little offense to that there, Mark. (laughs) Coming fast. What's that?
2: I said I take a little offense to that as a Georgian here. I think Georgia produces good
0: talent, too. Oh, it does. I thought I was giving Georgia all sorts of props there. (laughs)
2: Oh, I'm saying you're putting Texas and Florida
0: out ahead, you know. Those well, yeah, Georgia's still got some catching up to do to catch Texas and Florida. But, uh, yeah, Jimbo Fisher's amazing in the recruiting trail, doing a great job there, locking down Texas. They have some interesting pipelines, too, in reviewing the class. And I've uh, I've had a number of Texas A&M folks uh, on the channel talk about the recruiting efforts. You know, they're, they're even building pipelines in places like Virginia and Pennsylvania to get uh, top-level players out of areas like that. So, yeah, Jimbo Fisher's never had an issue recruiting. Um, You know, one quick note, getting back to the quarterback battle, uh, I took in the spring game. Try try not to put too much emphasis on that because that's the game that gets televised. That's the scrimmage that gets televised. So everybody puts too much emphasis on it. It's only one in 15 practices and one of about three to four live scrimmages but, yeah, because of that, if that's the way those two quarterbacks played throughout spring and will play into August, then I am a Haynes King guy. I think he is uh, the better, more talented player. And it's it's close. It's, it's a uh, reasonable battle. But uh, what's going to be difficult, I think, for A&M potentially for as much is they've got going for them this year when you mention all the speed and all the weapons on offense, starting with Isaiah Spiller and the stout defense, is that to replace the quarterback with an inexperienced quarterback, regardless of who wins the job, very inexperienced, with an offensive line that's, again, the, the stars are going to line up in regards to the, the recruiting rankings, but they're replacing four out of five uh, from one of the best offensive lines in the country with Kenyon Green, being the one All American guy that's coming back to uh, be switched from guard to tackle. That's not always the best combination when you're replacing an offensive line and you're replacing a quarterback. And so you get a young quarterback playing against an offensive line that needs to figure it out.
2: Yeah, when whenever you have that come the, the offensive line, it's always nice for that offensive line. Guy that's grizzled and it's been there to be able to turn around and tell the young buck at quarterback, Hey, hold on, I got this. You know, you it will be okay. You know, help out with protections. But if you got both of them learning at the same time, that definitely can be a problem. But in, in terms of, uh, you know, he, Jimbo Fisher has recruited well, he's developed some of the talent that is there. But you talked about the connections to other areas, that is a fair point. And I think a lot of that has to do with you had Jimbo Fisher, who was there at Florida State on the heels of the Bobby Bowden heyday, right? You know, on the heels of being able to, Florida State being that iconic program that could go anywhere in the country, get anyone they want, you know, them and Miami, other USC back in the day. It didn't matter where people were from they were coming to those schools, they were the destination schools, right? Kind of like the, the Alabama, the Georgia, the Clemson of, of today. Well, I think Texas N M is, is benefiting from that, but like I said earlier, definitely being able to lock down and win some of those big battles out of the state of Texas. I mean, uh, Tamezi Adelaide, that defenseman out of Katy, Texas, a five-star Bryce Foster, offensive lineman out of Katy, Texas, a, a five-star. And Bryce Foster is a huge human being, by the way, six-five, three thirty, 330 coming in that uh, Shadrick banks, wide receiver, Houston, Texas, four-star coming in all the way down. I mean, you see Texas, Texas. And like you said, Amari Daniels out of Miami. They got, uh you Keith Brown Jr. out of Miami. So definitely Florida, Texas, Florida, Texas, and then expand the map in those other places. I think Jimbo Fisher has all the recipes here. Now it's can he do what he claimed they were going to do and beat Nick Saban, you know, what, while he's there, you know, so we'll we'll see. I mean, do you feel like with a nice smith and Jalen Widemeyer Hayes King, if he can put it together and that offensive line gets the parts, is this kind of going to be that year that, that they challenge Alabama with all that recruiting talent that's come in and the pieces that
0: they have kind of been there
2: for a couple of years?
0: I still think that the odds are stacked against them. They play Alabama. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but it's about week five is when they typically, it's usually early in the SEC season when they see Alabama. I don't think that really, I, I know that that Bryce Young's starting for the first time too, uh, but I, 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 for some reason have a little bit more faith in Alabama developing the offense and getting into where it needs to be uh, than Texas a and I think this team again, it's a theme that we touched on uh, in some of our segments that we cut last week. In that, when you rate recruiting classes in the SEC you got to rate him against other SEC recruiting classes. And it's sometimes a slap in the face of reality that Jimbo Fisher, yeah, you're amazing. We're patting you on the back. It's great that you're bringing in the sixth best class in the country. And let's say your three classes that you brought in to help build this roster from what you inherited from Sumlin are like all top 10 classes. The guy you're trying to take down is reeling really in the number one class. Stacked over the number one class, stacked over the number one. I think there was like a number four or five class in there. Um, But still, it's so everybody's losing ground, even though they're Ocheron's amazing. Jimbo's amazing in terms of the recruiting classes and Kirby as well. Um, Not so much is Kirby losing ground, but those two, if you believe in the rankings, still losing ground there to Nick Saban.
2: There's no doubt about it. Nick Saban, and I I believe there was, as we talked about that extension earlier today, there was probably a collective groan around the college football landscape when they figured out that Nick Saban's gonna be around uh, the 2029 or or something like that, definitely through the 2028 season. So definitely something that Jimbo Fisher and everyone else will have to compete with going forward. Like you said, but that's a great point that you can have a top five, top six class in the country and still be third or fourth in the in the SEC. That's how that's how good the recruiting in the SEC has been over the last couple of years. And we are here on recruiting every second. I'm Blaine Gilmer, your host. You can follow me using at bgilmer18. Follow the show using at recruit recruit underscore SEC. Make sure to go follow Mark and subscribe on YouTube to the Voice of College Football youtube channels and all of the sub channels over there there's an sec uh voice of college football channel as well uh if you're specifically looking for sd content but now mark it's time to talk about that 2022 class so far and you know eight commitments right now they have a major tight end in donovan green who's just an unbelievable 6'4", 215. four two fifteen i'd have to think that Jimbo Fisher is pointing to the success of a guy like Jalen Weidemeyer, who they already used there to say, hey, Donovan, look what you could be doing in a couple years. And then, you know, last last year they brought in the running back, uh, running back in Amari Daniels. They've got to be pointing to a guy like Anaya Smith, who's a speedster on the team who also had – he led the team in receiving with 564 yards, but was also second second or third in the team in rushing behind, uh, behind Kelly – Kellen Mond actually finished just just ahead of him with one more yard rushing than him. So there's some dynamic aspects there. Another quarterback in Connor Wigman, you you always have to bring in a quarterback, a high-level quarterback in a class. But in this class of 2022, I think the most interesting thing, Mark, and we touched on it in a past uh, episode that you and I did over on your channel, Jimbo Fisher stole one of Georgia's graduate assistants, Nick Williams, from Kirby Smart, and Nick Williams has now become a defensive analyst for Texas A&M. Shortly after that happens, this week, two Georgia commits visited on an official visit to Texas A&M, and the very next day, Bear Alexander, today as we're recording this, de-commits from the University of Georgia. Who was his main recruiter, main contact when he was at Georgia? Nick Williams. So. How, how do people, you know, what is the chess game that Jimbo Fisher's playing here? There's a lot more to this than just, hey, we want you to come
0: play for our school. Am I, am I right? I think you're right, and I think you're really right in calling it a chess game and not a checkers game because Jimbo's playing a little chess there because if you're looking at, okay, who's really tearing it up? And after Alabama, it's Georgia, and if you can get one of the key components there and pull him away... You know, I don't think it's coincidence that we get the two D commits and then the one flip uh, right out of the gate. So excellent move by Jimbo Fisher. And in addition to that, you know, uh, Blaine, you and I discussed, uh, as you mentioned, recruiting last week as we try to prime everyone and get everybody set for this crazy month of June with all the visitations. We ran through the top players for 2022 that are looking at multiple SEC schools And when you talked about that Texas, Florida, um, connection for Jimbo in the 21 class, that's one of the impressive things. When you look at the 22 class in the, in the wars that they're currently in for players, you never used to see, it seemed like every player that we went through last week, Blaine, that was a, a top Florida player had all the usual suspects, you know, one of the Florida schools, maybe Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State and most of them, Clemson. But Texas A&M was popping up there for the, the top 10, 15 players in the state of Florida quite a few times. We would never see that before.
2: Yeah, we talked specifically. Even even uh, Shamar Stewart, who we talked about being primarily LSU in Georgia, there's been some development with that. He apparently had a not a very good visit at LSU at all, like it did not – did not enjoy his time there in Baton Rouge. Also, a parent did not come with him to his official visit, which is which is a little bit different. I think coach came with him, but it, by all reports and indications, it was not a good visit. So now, actually, Georgia and Miami are a little bit bo- more boosted in that recruitment. Also, Texas A&M, as you mentioned, with a guy like Shamar Stewart out of Miami, is there in the in the picture. So that that is a good point in terms of. Uh, in terms of that Florida connection, also Gabriel Brownlow Dindy is a offensive or a defensive lineman, five-star prospect. You know, got programs like Oklahoma and a and are in the mix with him when it should just be, like we said last week, that it should just be Dan Mullen and the Gators locking that down, and it's not. So, again, an indictment maybe on the recruitment skills and and, and recruitment uh operation under Dan Mullen there in Florida, but also kudos to people like Oklahoma and Texas a and for being able to span the map on there. But Jimbo Fisher right now, currently that they're, they have eight commitments, and if they add a guy like a bear Alexander, who is absolute massive human being that Georgia was really counting on coming in to be kind of the heir apparent maybe to Jordan Davis, who's going to be leaving that program as an all-American caliber def- defensive tackle, they get a guy like him, and then possibly even get Dayon Bowie to decommit and commit to Texas. Decommit from Georgia and commit to Texas A&M. That hire alone, that Nick, uh, that that Jimbo Fisher made in Nick Williams, is going to pay off tremendously. And who knows the connections that it could bring going down the road?
0: Lane, is there a fan base that's more starved? To win a championship, and I mean a big fan base, I'm not talking about Oregon State or somebody like that, I'm talking about, uh, you know, a power, a potential power, uh, a fan base that's more starved to win big. Man, this, they're sitting in prime recruiting territory, as you mentioned off the top, they pulled that away from Texas, Texas still gets their players, but AM's owning that state right now. Their fan base is as rabid as any. Kyle Field, 105,000. They love the Aggies. Uh, they threw all that money at Jimbo into facilities. They're spending. It's an arms race. They're you know putting their chips in the middle along with all the other heavyweights to say, hey, we want to be elite. Uh, they haven't won a national championship since 1939. They won't won a conference championship since 1998 that was in the big 12s and it was going on 23 years ago. Um, man, they, they are starved to finally, you know, go from being that constant eight and four kind of program to, Hey, we've arrived and we're going to stay here.
2: Absolutely. And all of that, that you mentioned, the investments, the winning now, the player, the hires that they're making, everything that you talked about and kind of, also just the SEC brand, since they moved over from the you know Big Twelve to the to the SEC, just that alone helps you in recruiting because you can point to that draft board and say, look at where all the guys are coming from. They're coming from the SEC. Come play against the best, come compete against the best. But that's why we do these deep dives, guys, you know, here on recruiting every second. I love when, you know, Mark. Joins me to be able to talk about these teams that he covers so well over on The Voice of College Football. but That's going to end it here for us this week as we've touched on the 2021 class, the 2022 class, and even broke down last year, gave a little preview of what's coming up this year for Texas A&M. For more content like this, make sure you follow at Recruiting Underscore SEC. Follow myself at Gilmer 18 And make sure to go like, subscribe, review overall marks, YouTube channel, The Voice of College Football, and we'll catch you next time here on Recruiting Every Second.
1: That is presented by Bet Online AG. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one McKrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make
2: mom's day?